Hi, welcome how to are you? Good. I, I, I was welcome them first. Oh. If you want to, yeah. But, well, well, you know, I thought, you know. You welcome be- to all of you for joining Thinking Like a Lawyer. I'm Joe Patrice. That's Catherine Rubino. We're also joined, <laughs> as always, by Chris Williams. We're above. Hello. We're from Above the Law, and we're here to talk about big stories in the legal world of the week. A quick roundup of, you know, 30 minutes of what you need to know about what's going the week on that legally. Was. What? The week that was. The week the week that was will be forever. The time is a flat circle. Yeah. Boo. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Anyway, so we're coming off of a long weekend, which you know what that means. We have plenty to... Small talk about. I was kind of prepared for that one. Oh, yeah. 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 It wasn't as shocking slash upsetting as they typically are for me. Fair enough. So, hey, what's going on, people? Anything exciting over the weekend? I judged at a debate tournament. It's not oh. that exciting. So, no. Well, I mean, what was the topic? This year's debate topic is about antitrust reform, which, yeah. as a former antitrust attorney, makes me very angry almost constantly. I did not know that. I, I yeah, actually yeah. enjoyed antitrust in my classes. Which did you not know that that was the debate topic for the year or that that's what I used to do? Yes. <laughs> Fair. No, it is it is antitrust. And for those that follow legal news, you know that antitrust has been in the law more in the last six months than it has probably in the preceding 20 years. So that's fun for debaters. It actually, most of the movement on antitrust uh, reform and news happened after the uh, college policy debate community selected it for its topic. So it's been a fun learning experience for everyone. Yeah. I just really enjoyed the trajectory of antitrust jurisprudence, like how it went from this company is too big and we do not vibe with that to a little price fixing if it helps everybody you know like that is a lot of the debates actually see i should get you next time we need extra judges to judge at the debate tournaments i mean i had i had it was a it was a good it was a good series of classes like uh it was it was it's funny because uh well funny in that not that high high way but funny isn't like proxy for Mm -hmm. the word interesting at least to me before i went to law school i wanted to read titan which was the uh which is a book about the Rockefeller, um, mm-hmm. John, like the Rockefeller, John D. Rockefeller. And it's a, it's not even a book. It's a tome. <laughs> and like so much, so much of the world stands in the wake of standard oil and just ways you wouldn't even expect. Like um, whenever I hear, like say, if I see Facebook or I guess meta, if the FTC litigation goes through and meta has to get rid of Instagram and WhatsApp. I'm like, Oh shit, this is about to be the new standard. (laughs) I hope I buy stocks in one and then I just get ripple effect money elsewhere. But who knows? Yeah. No, sound investment strategy. Uh, More bang for your buck. I mean, certainly that was how some people dealt with Ma Bell back in the day when that broke up. Uh, Yeah, so somehow we've managed to get our small talk conversation very legalistic. Well, yeah. No, 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 no. no. I have things to say. Okay, yeah. How how was your long weekend, Chris? Uh, Hopefully more interesting than mine. Oh, yeah. It was, uh, I watched and completed, not, not over the whole weekend, but like over like the last week or so. One of the biggest uh, cartoons on depression recently. I finally finished BoJack Horseman. Oh yeah, yeah, that was that was a fun watch. Season five, episode six is a long, basically it's a long soliloquy uh, with one of the main the main characters, BoJack Horseman, 
talking about uh, a horse person that was a big impact in his life. And it was funny because it was like 20 minutes of just some dude talking. And <laughs> you don't really see that much anymore. Like there wasn't, yeah. it wasn't even like the family guy hurt me. Ah, like where it was a gag. Like it was just I a long commitment gag. to it, which is great. But it was like, yeah. it was, it's good to see a full commitment to a bit. And it was good. It was really good. Didn't enjoy most of the show that much, but that, but that episode sold it for me. I was, it was, it was, uh, it was, it was like a like, lot damn. of episodes to get to the payoff though. Yes. Yeah. But like, I also watched Naruto, Naruto Shippuden. So like, those are, those are series that have a lot of, a lot of filler actually. Like, so it's long points to get the payoff. So I'm like, yeah, I'm like, I committed to this. <laughs> I almost sat through the, uh, Twilight trilogy because I started the first movie. It's out of commitment. So that's the type of uh, even I am. And it's not even a trilogy, is it? Aren't there like four? Didn't they like break one of them into multiple movies? They, did the, they went the Matrix route. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I think of no, it as the, it Harry, was the Harry Potter, Harry yeah. Potter route where they yeah, split yeah. one of the books into Matrix two. wasn't first books, right? Oh, I was thinking Matrix yeah. trilogy forever and then they dropped the fourth. Sure, right. sure, sure, sure. Yeah. Well, what did you do this weekend, Joe? I wrote some tweets. I uh, You tweeted? Yeah, so uh, I guess this is... Good job with that. This is also quasi-legalistic. Hey, that's uh, my job. (laughs) Yeah, but uh, so so, uh, the Supreme Court exists. It's a fact. We're going to talk about it a little bit more later, but Jeffrey Tubin, uh, who everyone remembers from uh, CNN and... Uh, is that what we remember not, him from yeah, now? And, and not having a job with uh, with New Yorker anymore. He, I thought that um, was a Pornhub category. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so he decided to tweet out last night that there was an imminent Supreme Court retirement. Favorites for that job, Canta G. Brown-Jackson. More on that in a second. Leandra Kruger, Longshot VP Kamala Harris. Stay tuned to CNN for more. This triggered a flurry of people wondering uh, if someone was about to retire, most likely Breyer in that situation, why that person would choose to tell Jeffrey Tubin of all people at this point about it. I replied, uh, and, and why a person who views themselves as a serious commentator on legal matters would misspell the name of the person he thinks is the favorite to take that job, as Cantagy is not how you spell that. Um, <laughs> or, or pronounce. Ah, okay. And now on that note, actually, let's just, uh, we're, we're, we're bringing in a guest because, you know, we're, we're, we're fluid here. A guest who wears pants on Zoom meetings, presumably. Presum- oh, yes, a perfect transition. Uh, <laughs> as we were just talking about Jeffrey Tubin. So, yes, uh, Ellie Mistal has joined, a former host of the show. Everybody knows him from the New York Times crossword, in which he was a clue last week. That's true. Uh, I got so many uh, friends reaching out, being like, did you see this? And I was like, I have, I have. <laughs> Hi, friends. Hey. Nice to meet you. Nice to virtually meet you, Chris. Um, I've loved your stylings on the on the internets. I've gotten so many friends, Joe, asking, "Hey, don't you know this guy about Joe?" After his Tubin slam dunk on Twitter, <laughs> well, that's actually super perfect. That's exactly perfect, what perfect we were transition. Talking about. That was actually what we were talking about. So yeah, after after misspelling uh, the name of Judge Brown Jackson, I just decided to bang out this little tweet, which was that uh, people make fun of him for misspelling the name of a federal judge, but 
you know, it's difficult to type with only one hand. And people went... Uh, yeah, See, pe- there it's was what, a moment. Yeah, I mean, I, I immediately responded to it with, because he's never taken a touch typing course, which oh. was what I was wondering. Oh. I didn't know what the rest of you where your heads were by mm. look it, it's called folks, One it's head. called comedy and you know <laughs> when you jerk off at work you subject yourself to this for the rest of your life as a bare minimum as, yes. as a bare minimum you know in a just world people who jerk off at work don't get to go back to work that like, tends to not well it would depends on your job in a just that's world true. But, since, but since he gets to go back to work the very least that can happen to him is for people to bring it up every freaking day of his life. <laughs> I just, I just uh, like, look, it, the, the baiting people with this news of a retirement, which <laughs> doesn't seem like it's going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, we're working on it. Um, and then, but then to like, to just kind of jerk us around with that news oh! and then to <laughs> come on now. But but to misspell the name of the person that you you think is the front runner for that job, I thought was the the like true chef's Sherry, kiss yeah. of this whole situation. Look, I would love to to have slammed on him too for that. Unfortunately, with my uh, handicaps, um, I'm yeah, I'm liable to to misspell the new you know Republican nominee Bob Jones like right. the, <laughs> you know Bob with two B's. I'll I'll, I'll make something stupid like that. So I can't get on people. For misspelling people on Twitter, other people can. I'm happy. I'm happy that happens. I'm sure he yeah. also got on himself about it. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. I'll be here all week. I'll be here all week. There By the go. way, about time. Well, I have no to way. deal with this damn soundboard over dumb shit, and the times when the bottom chink <laughs> actually makes sense, it takes like ten minutes to get there. I it was falling down on the job, Joe. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Fair enough. Oh, the soundboard. Well, I'm sorry I'm late, friends. I was up late last night watching Don't Look Up. Uh, finally, ah. uh, watched that. I felt very uh, akin to the Jennifer Lawrence character in that movie. Yeah. Um, and I also finished the uh, the main story for uh, Final Fantasy fourteen and Walker. Um, no, quick, so- quick thing. We, we did finish Small Talk, but hopefully we can make an exception for you. I hope people get that Leonardo DiCaprio is not the good guy. Like, he's oh actually God. one of the worst people. Oh my God. It's, it's, I haven't been hearing people talking about that. It was just, oh my God, I can't believe uh, the, the the Facebook guy character. And why is my voice like this? We're like, no, like DiCaprio was a dick. Like you get that he's he's most liberal. <laughs> like, it's so critical to the freaking movie. It is so critical. Like him, the mm. moral destruction of Leonardo DiCaprio's character over the course of that movie is critical to making the thing true. And the the really the the least realistic part of that movie is that the Caprio's character comes back because that guy don't come back. That, that guy gets on, you know, not, I don't want to spoil anything, but, but, but the, but the rebound that that guy has that in real life, that guy never comes back. And, and I think watching it for me as a person who has, but recently gotten swept up into the TV world, like you meet Leonardo DiCaprio's character, like every goddamn day back before COVID every goddamn day in the green room, you meet that guy and you know that guy. And so for that movie to, to quite accurately show how a person who gets swept up into that, basically gets their head swept up into their own ass, um, how that person goes from a force for, 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 for utility towards a force literally selling crap and literally 
becoming what he beholds is so critical to making that movie work. I thought it was great. Also, second thing, which I think that like I didn't see much of also because I haven't been actively Googling it because I have to do the morning docket. Shameless plug here. Um, <laughs> is, <there's, laughs> hey, hey, hey. I hey, hated me, that show. I think you hey. just triggered Ellie right there. <laughs> hey, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm just trying to I'm just trying to enjoy this with some uh, some shared suffering. But another thing, there is a, a point where the second Hail Mary is worked on and it just it gets described as there being an accident but i'm like that wasn't an accident you know what i'm talking about yeah of course not and, it, and, it, and that one was so subtle but i feel like the the subtlety on that point and and then and then i feel like this is like a third wheeling joke because he is not interested but no but like the, the um that accident slash explosion and realizing that dicaprio is the is a villain a villain i feel like those are the the two points that make the movie but I, and I've heard complaints that oh the movie is ham fisted, which it is sure. But I feel like those two things are pivotal. But they were done in such a way where it's hard to pick up on what's happening there because it's easy to see like the 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 big the boom moment as being like a oh I can't believe all these countries worked together and messed up. Like no, that was deliberate and that was never explicitly said. Yep. Yeah. No, yeah. I, I thought it was great. I thought you know it's idiocracy too. But the difference between idiocracy, the this and the and the first idiocracy, is that when you watch idiocracy in real time, you're like, oh, what a, what a fun comedy. Oh, Maya Rudolph, she she's fun, right? That like you don't you don't realize that it's talking about you in real time. That mm-hmm. becomes more apparent as you go, right? Mm-hmm. Don't look up, you realize who they're talking about in real time, mm-hmm. and and so it's it's not a comedy. It's not a comedy. It's not a farce. It's just it's it's a it's a it's a satire. I wish I had a French accent. Does anybody want to talk about law for a little bit? Or I'll tell you what. Here's here's my transition, Joe. So <laughs> yeah. the thing about the thing about Don't Look Up and and Ooh. Final Fantasy is that very subtly, both of those uh, pieces of media, both of those pieces of content, are shot outs to peer review. Oh. And the importance <laughs> of having your colleagues and your peers check your damn work. Which is a very thinking like a lawyer way to look at yeah. your content. No, that that is good. They, it's all about peer review and using data that is peer reviewed as opposed to I don't know things you saw on TV and just saying that you know. Oh, that's a transition. Saying <laughs> there's a transition. Oh for no, you, I mean friends. I was set up and see like we've worked together for a long time. Like he set he's and got spike. This. Like for instance, peer reviewed data does not suggest that. Hundreds of thousands of people die of the flu every year, right? But the Supreme Court, uh, we were treated to Justice Gorsuch telling us that uh, hundreds of thousands of people died of the flu every year. Now, there's some controversy about that, and that's one reason why Ellie's here, because we we talked about it. We we all (laughs) wanted to break this down a little bit. I want to start without any conversation about the audio stuff, because I think that's a sideshow to this whole thing. What happened? In the hearing on whether or not there should be a OSHA mandate about getting the vaccine, in this hearing, there was an exchange in which Justice Gorsuch asked the Solicitor General about the flu. And the argument being Solicitor General's position is, you know, 800,000 people have died of this thing in the last year. COVID. COVID. So maybe it's an emergency. And And Justice Gorsuch asked a question about like, well... Don't we have that many people dying of the flu every year? Basically, he pointed out that OSHA does not regulate the flu, does not mandate getting the flu shot. Right. He said, you know, 
I believe maybe hundreds, I believe maybe hundreds of thousands of people die every year from the flu. Right. The and Prelogger was like, well, the <laughs> Prelogger said, by the way, just as an aside, if I need somebody to argue for me in front of like the pearly gates in front of Peter, like I, I am calling up uh, a solicitor general pre-logger um, from the bench. <laughs> she, she's real good. She's real good guys. I have her number one right now in my solicitor general league. Um, anyway, so pre-logger responds. First of all, she makes quite frankly, let's because because we're an honest show, right? She mm-hmm. makes a bad argument. First of all, right? She first, oh well, you know, the, the, the flu is a seasonal and uh and COVID and that's just like that's dumb pre-logger. Like nobody, that's that's not a good answer, right? Um, but she's trying to say basically that the flu is not as deadly as as COVID without calling Gorsuch out on his complete like misrepresentation of the right. facts. Right. That's Gorsuch, how I took it. Gorsuch yeah. gets angry. And, and like if you listen to Gorsuch enough, you know that he has a real I mean, I think the scientific word he's a dick. Right. Like he has a real <laughs> pissy dick edge to him. Right. And so right. he takes it like a dick and he's like, oh, are, are you saying the flu is not a grave threat? Like, and he and that word grave is going to become important later. Um, yeah. But he comes back at Prelogger saying, like, basically, don't you think the flu is a grave threat? And then Prelogger's like, no, no, I don't I don't think the flu is not grave. I'm just saying. And then she kind of gets into her but COVID's killed, you know, X thousand of people and more people. So that that's the the crux of this. The reasons why. Well, the other well, the other crux yeah. was that he got in trouble for it, right? Right. Because, so because when he said that, you know, I was one of those people who was who was listening to it online, and I tweeted out, you know, Gorsuch says hundreds of thousands of people die from flu every year. This is false. Blah blah. Something. La la. He needs to stop getting his his facts from Fox News. I think that tweet is literally right now my most liked tweet of all time. Oh wow. <laughs> And I was not the only person in real time to call Gorsuch out for his straight up vaccine misinformation. Yes. And it, so th- so this happens. He said he asked this question. He, he's being called out by folks like that. He's looking like he's wrong. What ends up happening then is that the transcript comes out and it is edited from its original intent to now say that he said hundreds, comma, thousands of people die of the flu, which is if that's what he said, also wrong, because that would be way undercounting the flu, but also would make no sense given the exchange that he had with the Solicitor General where he was trying to compare it to 800,000 people dying of COVID and called it grave. I mean, it makes no sense if he said hundreds, comma, thousands. Yes. No, it, it, it makes no sense within the context of what he was saying. And bizarrely, the his he has these defenders who are going to the mat and saying that it's wrong of us to suggest that he said hundreds of thousands of people when he meant something different. And the irony of all this is their argument is we should accept that Gorsuch is stupid instead of wrong. And I, I don't know, like, I feel like there's a there's some sort of like maxim about this, right? That you're taught like it's better to be uh, wrong than stupid or something like that. And I feel like that's where we are. They really want us all to believe, no, he said this incredibly stupid thing, not an incor- factually incorrect thing. I, I, I don't get it. I mean, like there are lots of like, let, let's be clear. Brett Kavanaugh is the dumb justice, right? Like <laughs> Kavanaugh is the one that does not have the intellectual firepower to be on the court. There are many bad things that I can say about Neil Gorsuch, but dumb is not one of them. He's a, he's a smart, considered, careful man. That's the other thing. He is careful with his words. 
So to think that he would have set up an entire argument with a premise that blew up his argument at the start simply does not make sense. There is no way Gorsuch would say, I mean, because this is what you would have to believe, that Gorsuch meant to say, we don't, OSHA does not require a flu shot. The flu is way, way, way less deadlier than COVID. And quite frankly, the flu is less deadly, is less deadly than most people think it is. Thus, yeah. we should not require a COVID. Like that, that argument makes no sense. It's not sensical. The, the, the right, I, I actually took some time researching this. So the right, uh, a, another corollary of this that he could have said if he wanted to say it that way is, government, you're taking the position that 800,000 people have died of this, but hundreds, comma, thousands of people die every year of acute vitamin C deficiency. Why doesn't OSHA do that? See how stupid that would have sounded in that argument? Scurvy? That's why. Yeah, exactly, right? Like, it's why You gotta say you... scurvy whenever, like, when you get the chance to talk about scurvy, you gotta commit to the bit. I'm, I'm rolling like, off. ooh, acute vitamin C. What is that? I'm a pirate. <laughs> so... So uh, the the next aspect of this is that you got these audio truthers now, wait, 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 who are the people go, who yeah go for it before you go to the audio right because you're, I think the audio is act weirdly the strongest point but there's a there's a very real thinking like a lawyer aspect here and that is most people who are not kind of of this world do not understand how the Supreme Court transcript gets made how that sausage gets made. What happens is that there's a transcript and people are like, oh, well, there's a transcript. So there's some uh, uh, basically third party, you know, independent third party who simply dictates the notes and then produces them to the public. That's not how a Supreme Court transcript works, right? There is an independent third party, a low level staffer person with absolutely no power who puts out the transcript. Then the justices look at their transcripts. And then the justices have the opportunity to be like, I didn't say that, or that's not correct, or change the transcript. And the person right. who's it's like an errata sheet from your deposition. no power yeah. to freaking uh, push back because they are, you know, they they are they are a peon. They are small. The justices are everything. So if Gorsuch or one of his top clerks says like, well, well, the judge didn't say that. There is literally no place in the process for somebody to push back on that and be like, well, you said that. So this idea that the transcript is some kind of invaluable gospel truth recording of the proceedings is just not true. That's just not how a Supreme Court transcript gets made. And then, so then you really have to go to the audio. Before we go to the audio real quick, I want to uh, make a point about, in the interest of fairness and that errata thing, like Justice Sotomayor also made a major misstatement about what was mm -hmm. going on. Mm -hmm did not try to change the transcript, just owned up to what had happened. Her misstatement, I think, is understandable within the context. She made a comment about how 100,000 kids were in serious condition with COVID. That is not true. That Mercifully, it's way lower. It is like five in 100,000, because that's how the CDC reports these sorts of numbers. They tend to do it like a number in 100,000. She clearly latched onto the 100,000, missed the five in whatever. That said, her question was, isn't it true that kids are being in serious condition with this at higher rates than ever before, which even at five in 100,000 is true? And that was how the question was answered. So it really didn't have a material impact on the discussion, but it was a mistake. It was a serious misstatement of what was going on. And she did not try to cover that up and certainly didn't try to cover it up in a way that would 
you know, make the argument, you know, sense. Yeah, Uh, which seems like that was probably the better move. So the audio comes out, and I think the audio discussion is one of the dumbest things that's ever happened, because obviously we know he said hundreds of thousands because we can figure it out from context, uh, and that's what the lawyers all thought, and yada, yada. Yeah, they answered the question as if it was that. But then these audio truthers, uh, among them, Glenn Kessler's like Washington Post folks, where he does uh, what's ostensibly a fact check, but is really just like the... I find his version of fact-checking so annoying because it's completely devoid of any context of what's happening. But they all go, well, we've slowed it down and really dug into it, and we don't hear the word of, which I find ridiculously dumb because as, and you know, maybe, maybe it's an accent thing. My accent is drawn largely from the Midwest and, and West Coast and whatever, but as a native speaker of the English language with those accents on me, I would never say it that way. In fact, I, I've said it several times throughout this show, and I'll bet if you like slowed it down, dollars to donuts, you're not going to hear me say of in between any of those times either, because that's not how you say in a sentence, hundreds of thousands of people. Like hundreds of thousands is kind of how I would say it. Like, yeah, like I don't know there's like an A do. there. Yeah. Hundreds of thousands. It it actually sounds like an uh, almost like a comma sound would in the way most people talk. Huh. That's why you've got to look at context. But these these people are really dead on that. Like, if there is no of, you must acquit. What I I think is that it's it's people who have decided to to divorce it from context. Slow down the audio to hear if I hear a hard F. Like, that's effing stupid right like the whole point of it is that you have to look at the context but that's what we do we take everything out of context and no one cares what the larger argument was what people in the moment actually understood and are just like i don't hear an f well fine yeah I, i've been dealing with this for, for for literally a week and it's and it's what's weird to me i mean there are people on you know kind of my side of the aisle who are also well you didn't say he didn't, i don't hear the f I didn't, he didn't say uh yeah i'm like well mm-hmm. what what do we can, can we think for a second? What do we think was happening in the moment? Why do we think Prelogger responded as if he said, oh. yes. Why do we yes. think yes. that when she responded that way, Gorsuch didn't correct her? Right. Yes. In real time, <laughs> right. because like, well, no, I said, didn't because he's, because she heard what he said. And right. so like prelogging is as, 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 as much as I, as I love the fidelity to audio prelogger is literally the closest person in that moment to Neil Gorsuch, right? Mm-hmm. She's not, she doesn't, she's not on mic. She's not on zoom. She's in front of his face. The reason why she's in front of his face and most people aren't is because there's been a COVID fucking outbreak and people are not in the Supreme Court anymore. Two of the four lawyers arguing the Republican point were, couldn't be in person because they got freaking COVID tested, right? So like, ugh. so if we just think for a second about what actually happened, I don't see how you get to a conclusion that there was a Gorsuch comma and he met hundreds of people, hundreds of people die from yeah. the flu, which is factually wrong and stupid for his argument. Like, I don't see how we get there. But not to go on the like how most people who are native speakers of the language talk. But another one, if I wanted to say thousands and I accidentally said hundreds and then comma thousands, I would not say hundreds, wait, and then say thousands. I'd say something like hundreds, I'm sorry, thousands. Or I mean. I mean thousands. Yeah. Uh, or yeah, you'd say something like that because it would make no sense to just leave that hanging there. That's not like the natural way 
you would it, also you would hundreds talk. is yeah. a multi-syllable word, so you probably wouldn't have gotten to the end of it. You'd be like yeah. hundreds, thousands, hundreds. I, I'm sorry, thousands. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, I had Matt Taibbi on me. Oh yeah, who was arguing that the once great Matt Taibbi, which I think is his official title, right? Um, <laughs> <laughs> who was arguing? Who was arguing with me that Gorsuch actually got the number right? That he meant tens of thousands of people, and I'm like, well, Matt, can can we at least agree that? Whatever he said, tens of thousands right. is not what he said. Right? The yep. accurate number, the accurate estimation of the number was not what he said. Whether you're whether you're one of these people who believes that he met, you know, a couple of hundred or thousand people, or you're one of those people who believes the truth, yeah. what we can all <laughs> agree is that he did not get the number right. And yes. how is that not the point of the story if we're talking about something that a Supreme Court justice is basing his argument and decision on. Remember, Gorsuch ruled against the vaccine, the OSHA mandates, or he, he voted against the vaccine mandates. Gorsuch decided that the American worker did not deserve the same health protections that he himself enjoys on the Supreme Court. And he did it on the back of made up science. Whether he made it up too high, which is accurate, or he made it up too low because you can only see two inches in front of your fucking face. He made it up. He made up a number to justify his argument. How yeah. is that not the story? It was incredibly frustrating to have these arguments with people because it, it, it's just so illogical the, the, that they really want you to believe that he was dumb rather than rather than wrong. Uh, you guys, do you, Catherine, do you and Joe have, have a ranking of, of justices kind of and you're on the conservative side. Let's just say that we like the liberals. Oh, right. I, I, I don't have a I don't have a running power ranking. Uh, you have a running power ranking. Of I mean, I think the at the moment side. it has to be Roberts in the top spot, right? Because he's at least he cares more about I think his long term reputation of the quote Roberts court, so he'll make decisions that aren't. I mean, occasionally he, do he's the right, most likely. Maybe. He's the most likely to switch sides, right? Then, oof, probably Gorsuch. Probably Gorsuch. Yeah, because there's a few weird he's, libertarian issues. So. But also, he's principled, and he McGurk, seems. McGurk. <laughs> he's the, the, the he, Indian rights case. I mean, he's, oh yeah, yeah, uh, right. And he's so he's yeah. so principled that when ordered by the chief justice to wear a mask, Oof. he won't do that. Yeah, he, like he uh, this, shit, this yeah. principled thing cuts yeah. both ways. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, but at least it's a knowable entity as opposed to just political expediency, which. You know, I mean, I think that Alito's probably worst, right? He's probably I mean, the most objectionable. Yeah. I mean, Kavanaugh tried to rape somebody. I can't, I can't ever, sure. I can't ever not put him in the bomb spot, right? So I kind of work my list backwards, right? Like, Kavanaugh's clearly the worst person who tried to rape somebody, and he's a fucking idiot. So, like, he's, he's number zero. Um, <laughs> Alito's the worst after him because he's not only, like, has all of the interpersonal dickishness of Neil Gorsuch, and all of the uh, yeah, let's not uh, forget the not true moments, right? All right? the crazy extremism of Clarence Thomas. So he's next. Then Clarence Thomas is ahead of Alito because he's kind of interpersonally and kind of a affable Uncle Ruckus, but you know has all of the extremism of Sam Alito. So then he's next, and so then we're kind of into the Roberts Barrett Gorsuch, you know, part of the proceedings. I put Roberts next worst because I feel like it's the Roberts has the wolf in sheep's clothing problem, right? Like. People like him. People think that he's reasonable. And so that allows him to do, be kind of far more unreasonable 
while operating under the sheen of like under the lacquer. I think that's a problem with people, not with him necessarily, because I think that if he wasn't, (laughs) I think if he wasn't like perceived as the center of the court, but rather what he is, which is the right of the court, then that would be fine. There are times when you can get him for, you know, a majority. There's times where you can, whatever. I think that that would be, that him on the court would not bother me in a vacuum. He only bothers me in the sense that we have a fucked up composition of the court right now. Do you know what I mean? I, yeah. I hear what you're saying. I hear what you're saying. I, I, I look his Shelby County. I can't, I can't get over Shelby County. I, I mean, Fair. Like, the, the, like arguably the worst decision since Blessy. Like I, I just, mm. Robert, I have an issue with, with Roberts. And that leaves me with Gorsuch and, and, and Barrett. The thing about Gorsuch and Barrett, right, is that I both, first of all, I think they're both very intelligent. I think Barrett, right, year one of Barrett has been, she's asked, I think, consistently, you know, some of the best questions um, for her side. She's been really good on that. Barrett doesn't think other women should be people. Gorsuch doesn't think other minorities besides Native Americans should be people. So, like, which one... (laughs) Who you got kind of depends on which uh, label you're in. Oh, well, sorry, Barrett doesn't think women or uh, uh, the LGBTQ community should be people. Um, Gorsuch, I, Gorsuch from Bostock thinks LGBTQ people should be people, thinks Native Americans should be people, just doesn't think Black people should be people, right? And so weirdly, weirdly, I've got Barrett next and then Gorsuch in the top spot because while it hurts me personally... <laughs> Like there are fewer, there are fewer people. Gorsuch doesn't think should be people. Yeah. Than Barrett. <laughs> these are these are chairs on the deck of the Titanic, though, right? I, I mean, I have no problem with any of these rankings. Like I'm like, yeah, no, that they are also suck. There's lots of reasons. Lots of people suck. <laughs> chairs on the Titanic that are burning. Yeah. I, and, I, and I mean, like, the, I wait, mean, Barrett the hasn't t- the Titanic. Yep. Can Catherine get the effects next show just for shiggles? <laughs> I had a dick for that one. Okay, so we have uh, we've we've come to the conclusion of this show. I think we've uh, plumbed some of these minds. Yeah. So thanks, Ellie, for popping in because this was one where we we thought you had some you would have some good insights <laughs> on this. I had something uh, to say. Happy New yeah. Year, guys. Happy, yes, New Year. Happy, Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Uh, 2022, just as bad as the last one. Obviously, before we let you, before we let you go, let's transition. Uh, your new book has gotten a delay, but it's coming when? Apparently, the supply chain issues are real, guys, because my book got... Um, the new public date, publication date is March 1st for Allow Me okay. to Retort, A Black Guy's Guide to the Constitution. You can still buy it on pre-order from Amazon or Barnes & Noble or your local independent bookseller. Always remember that pre-orders like those uh, do count towards the bestseller list. So by all means, go ahead and do that. With all that said, thanks everybody for listening to the show. You should be subscribed to the show to get them when they come out. You should give them reviews, stars. Also write some stuff. That sort of level of engagement gets more people to watch. Well, watch, listen. Oh, yet so far. It's yeah. my transition to a full web show. Oh, whatever. Anyway, uh, you should be listening to the Jabot, Catherine's other show. Uh, I'm a panelist on the Legal Tech Week. Stop. You did that. <laughs> I had it. The Legal Tech Week. He doesn't know the name of his show that he's on. 
journalists roundtable. You should also check out other shows by the Legal Talk Network. Read uh, Above the Law all the time. You can follow us on social media. I'm at Joseph One. Uh, and if you go there, you can you can like this thing about Tubin. You're at Joseph Patrice. Oh, I'm at jo- Oh, you're right. I'm at Joseph Patrice. Oh I'm at Catherine One. <laughs> Yeah, I merged. You don't even know two. your own Twitter handle. Well, no, it was because I was moving into the, I was transitioning into the Tubin joke, and I didn't really. Yeah, all right. So, uh, which now I'm not even going to do because it's all blown up. Uh, well, you, you did give the wrong information, so that was necessary. I, I said hundreds of thousands. <laughs> Audio truthers unite. Uh, yeah, no. Uh, it's a- at ATL blog is ATL writes for rent is Chris at Ellie NYC is Ellie. See, That's I remember right. everyone's and, and you're yeah Catherine one the numeral one that. and uh, read above the law so that you hear all these stories when they come out yeah I think that's it peace <sighs> don't misquote Martin Luther King <laughs>